Hi, everybody. I'm Tyler Davis-Jones. And I'm Phil Greeley. And we are here celebrating our 10th episode. I don't know how we made it, but we did. We have 10 episodes launched and on iTunes and Stitcher. It's pretty crazy. That is absolutely insane. I remember when we first talked about this, we were like, let's do three episodes and see what happens. But we're still going. So we have you to thank, and we want to do a little something special for our 10th episode. So on this episode, we talked to Jonathan Kumar of GiveSafe. And what GiveSafe does is they use technology to help close the gap between giving to homeless people on the street. So for our holiday season and for our 10th episode, we are going to do something special and help and support one of the individuals working with GiveSafe. Yeah, so our goal is to raise $250 for this particular person. Uh, You can find out more on our website at riseseattlepodcast.com. We'll put it in the show notes of this particular episode. The money that you give, whether it's $1, $5, $250, will go directly to that individual. You'll be able to see their face and their story on our website. We are really thankful for you, our listening audience, and so we just hope we can do something fun for this individual for the holidays. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for donating, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Jonathan Kumar is the founder of GiveSafe, a smartphone app that exists to remove the friction and barriers to giving, allowing the user to act the moment they see a need. GiveSafe does this by distributing electronic Bluetooth beacons to homeless people in need through nonprofit shelters. When an app user passes by a beacon holder, they receive a simple notification with the opportunity to give or learn of the person's journey. Creating an application for good hasn't come easy. Join us as we discuss with Kumar the highs and lows of being a tech startup for social good and how the Seattle tech scene is tackling the homeless crisis with innovation and creativity. Welcome to Rise Seattle Podcast, a podcast about Seattle, the people, their stories, and Seattle's future. Here's your hosts, Phil Greeley and Tyler Davis-Jones. I am Tyler Davis-Jones. And I'm Phil Greeley. And uh, yeah, let's just get started. Jonathan, thanks for having us, buddy. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself to start. You're not from Seattle originally, is that correct? Right. So how did you get here? Where do you live now? And just how did that story evolve to to where you're at now? Moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, My parents came from South India to Western New York, Buffalo. And uh, just due to my dad's job, we moved around, jumped from Buffalo to, we were in Madison, Wisconsin for a while. And then uh, about 12 miles outside of Chicago, where I went to high school, then moved out to Michigan for school. University of Michigan? Or? Yeah. Okay. Ann Arbor. There you go. Then Grand Rapids for my first startup. And then I came out to Seattle to scale that startup. It was called Food Circles, or it is called Food Circles here in Seattle. Totally failed. And then uh, I just felt the Lord was opening doors for GiveSafe. And so I started working on that about a year ago. That's cool. awesome, man. Yeah. So you're somewhat of a, a serial entrepreneur or serial startup person. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about Food Circles. What was that about? Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with Tom's Shoes, the buy one, give one model, we were doing the same thing for food at restaurants. So uh, anyone could go on our app in Michigan 
and buy what we called a buy one feed one dish at a local restaurant. It'd be an appetizer or a dessert or a soup or something like that, a secret secret item. And 100% of what you would pay for that item would go straight to feeding a hungry child or family in your community. Cool. So um, everything that GiveSafe is, is is really a result of my experience with, with food circles. Yeah, that's great. And did you do anything before food circles as well? Have you kind of always been this entrepreneurial startup guy? Uh, I spent a couple of years on food circles. Before that, I was, I was studying um, user experience design, human computer interaction at Michigan economics. I started a club tackle football team. Uh-huh. That's cool. <laughs> nice, nice. No pads. Okay. So um, I've always, you know, been one to try and identify things that are missing or, or problems that exist that I can try and solve. And then, you know, take my best shot at it. Michigan's a, a fantastic school to be studying to computer engineering and computer science. Uh, they were like one of the originals, right? Back in the day when mm. one of the first supercomputers, I think, I read at one point. So I'm sure. Were you around back then? I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't no, this was, uh, I forgot what book it was that I read that said something about that. So that's, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. It very well could be. I mean, it was fun because the inform- it, was, it was the informatics program. None of the textbooks had been written. It was a brand new major. Uh, we studied things like, you know, why do people lie on Facebook or why mm. what makes a video go viral on YouTube? Wow. So it was a lot of interesting papers like uh, about the ethics of, of technology. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was really interesting. Um, the background to Food Circles before Food Circles was this film about social entrepreneurs in India that I helped mm. help shoot and, and produce. So cool. it's kind of been this, this natural progression for me. That's great. Yeah. Is that still live too? Like, can people go and see that film? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to put that in the show notes. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned food circles, the kind of the ending of that or the process of that informed GiveSafe. So maybe can you take us through the genesis of GiveSafe? What, what did you pull out of food circles? That's, Mm. you know, sure. A part of what you're doing now. And then what are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think GiveSafe is a, is a fantastic sequel to Food Circles, and the genesis for GiveSafe actually came while I was in Chicago for um, this thing called Chicago Ideas Week for on the behalf of Food Circles, and I just remember running to whatever workshop I was participating in and passing by someone in particular need in in downtown, and you know, a couple hours later, I thought back to that person. I thought gosh, if that person had just held out a credit card terminal and I could mm. swipe and keep going and I knew that the, the, it would charge me a couple dollars, my data, would be safe, my data would be safe and the money would actually help this person in some way. Mm. I would have been happy to give. I just didn't, there were so many things that prevented me from, from helping. Um, and then I thought, okay, this is 2012, actually, it's a couple of years ago. And I thought, okay, well, they give out credit card terminals to every homeless person in Chicago is <laughs> just a horrible idea. So, uh, you know, you scrap that, but, uh, the idea kind of stuck with me. Um, I pitched it at a startup weekend. Hackathons have meant so much to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's like what I did when I got to Seattle and I didn't have any friends. I would just go to hackathons and pitch ideas. And are those for a non-techie person? Are those just yeah. everywhere all the time kind of in Seattle? Yeah. And frequent? they are for non-technical people too. I think that's one of the misnomers oh, wow. is that you have to be like a Java developer or, or like uh, you have to be a, a software programmer to, to build and contribute at hackathons, which mm. is... 
can have an idea totally, and someone totally else false. might have the details for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, as a business person like you guys, you're all about um, customer validation, customer acquisition. Like, startups don't fail because of a lack of code. They fa- fail because of a lack of customers. Mm. Um, so I don't want to say you guys, but people who are not software developers, designers, um, business plan writers, sales, marketing, copywriters, they are more important than mm. you know whatever code you can scrap together in a weekend. Anyways, so I pitched it at a hackathon, Give Safe at 2013, totally bombed, but I still still believed in it. Uh, Wait, what, is it, what does that mean by totally bombed? bombed? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, like I, I pitched pitch the idea good, on stage, or, yeah. and people thought it was like the stupidest thing ever. Oh, bummer. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but the, I almost got laughed off stage, I remember. But then we worked on it, even though our idea, or my idea, didn't move forward in the competition, I wanted to work on it anyway. So that weekend, even though there was just a, not a lot of support, we made a logo, we made our first video, and we went out to the streets and interviewed a bunch of people about their barriers to giving. And mm. I think that, even back then in 2013, was was really helpful for me to think, like, this could, this could be something someday. Wow. The technology actually wasn't ready for give safe like the the beacons and the bluetooth that stuff didn't exist in 2013 mm. which is maybe why people didn't quite get it at the time so going back to beacons can you can you kind of explain what it is that give safe does and sure, sure what kind of technology it uses yeah yeah so um you know back then we again didn't really know or i didn't <laughs> i don't say why i'm saying we but i didn't really know exactly how to execute on uh, a solution to the problem that I described before. You know, you're passing by someone in need. Either you don't have the time, you don't have the cash on you, or you not you don't have the clarity that giving cash is really going to help this person. Um, so that was the user experience problem that I thought happened. I, I I figured probably happened tens of thousands of times a day in the in the in the, in, in 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 just Chicago, maybe much mm-hmm. less the rest of the country. So I thought like this is a big problem. It should be solved. How do we solve it? I was looking at QR codes, I was looking at text messages, Wi-Fi, RFID, NFC, all these acronyms. And all of them um, had different failures. It was either too inconvenient for the giver, mm-hmm. like it would require you to take your phone out and you know type in a text message or scan a code or just things that you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And I knew that any new barrier would prevent compassion all the same. Or it was like maybe a violation of privacy or like an overpower consumption for the, the, the person in need. Mm. So, you know, to put like a Wi-Fi chip mm. and suddenly we're tracking their location 24-7. We mm. can see them on a map. That didn't feel humane either. So last year in 2015, um, there's this technology that started emerging. It, it had existed before 2013, 2014, but 2015... I started researching into these Bluetooth low energy beacons. So that's that's what we're using. Um, you know, we have these necklaces that that emit a uh, Bluetooth signal about 20 or 30 yards in every direction, which is kind of that ideal range that we were looking for, where you see the person, you're kind of at a distance, um, and and basically this is emitting a signal like twice a second, saying I exist, I exist, I exist. Now we can create an app that goes on your phone, it's less of an app and more of a service that just listens for that Bluetooth signal. Mm. And if it finds a Bluetooth signal, it can um, exchange it with the cloud, our server, pull down the person's profile, and then bam, you've got a push notification just by walking by somebody. Mm. So so 
And uh, on that push notification, is that a, is that a story? Is that a video? Is that a video? Would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the idea is that you have your phone in your pocket. You're not. You don't have it open. You're just going to work or you're going to happy hour or what have you. And just by passing by someone, you get this this really cool sounding notification. And then if you happen to pull it out then, or you get to the bar or get to work or whatever, and you pull out your phone, you'll see like, hey, this is Charles. You know, he's been on the streets for eight months. Um, his parents kicked him out of his home because, you know, he was LGBTQ or whatever, and they mm. didn't accept his lifestyle. Um, so now he's living on the street. So you can see how he got to the streets. Um, we also, um, we also asked the people like, what is your aspiration? What, where do you want to? see your life go what do you feel you need to get there so we try and um, create this narrative around these individuals mm -hmm. of, of um, what's been going on what they're up to and, and how you can be involved mm -hmm. and so that information exists for for the people we 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 basically on the on the back end like before you have that interaction we're we're doing outreach me my team um, people at the Union Gospel Mission downtown Seattle Association different organizations are, are doing outreach with our beacons having these conversations with individuals who are living on the streets and providing this beacon to them. Um, it's just a five-question intake that they do on the spot. Those basic questions that I'd mentioned before, that information goes straight to the app, such that if you have the app and you pass by later on, once they have a beacon, then you get that, that information. Um, you can then choose to, to invest in that person financially, uh, or you can just have a conversation if you give them, let's say, $5 or $10, they can then take this beacon into any partnered merchant or nonprofit and spend the money on the, on the things that they need to you know, either leave the streets or, or just survive them uh, while they're waiting on a housing list or something. So, so the money goes on the beacon, is that correct? Yeah. Um, are they notified in some way that someone gave to them? Yeah, we ask our city goers, the people with the app, to make some sort of verbal confirmation when possible. When that's not possible, if that, we call them beacon holders. If a beacon holder has a cell phone or an email, they can get a text message. So it doesn't have to be a smartphone. It can be any phone. They can get a text. A lot of them do have basic phones um, or, or they have email addresses. So we can send them an email. Uh, and then, yeah, so then they can, this acts as a digital wallet and as also a digital ID, actually. They can take this into different nonprofits. They can take it into different merchants that we have in downtown Seattle. Uh, the merchants and nonprofits have an app of their own that allows them to uh, get the same notification, but instead of giving, they can see the person's photo, see their balance, and then they can charge a service to that balance. Mm, I see. Are you able to mention some of the merchants that you work with? Yeah, I think the most successful merchant since we launched has been Grocery Outlet down in Soto. Okay. So they're all independently operated, and there's a there's a great uh, couple that owns that that one, and they really bought in early. So um, I think 70% of redemptions happen at that grocery outlet. Wow. For, yeah. for, and the cool thing is, like, um, not only does grocery outlet have really affordable food and, like, fresh organic food, but they also have, like, household items, hygiene products mm -hmm. that, that, let's say, food stamps couldn't be used to buy. Um, and then we also have kind of a basic restriction that if the person comes in with a beacon, they can't use it for alcohol or cigarettes. Right. So, yeah. so how, cool. how does that work? They, they say, hey, I've got my beacon. I've got money on this. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me how much money is on it? Or, and do they scan it? Like, how does, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, so it's the same thing 
that you would experience as a donor or, or a giver. If you're going down the street, you'll pick up the notification. So the same thing happens at the merchant. When the person walks in with the beacon, the merchant already knows that they're around. I see. Okay. And then Very they open cool. the profile. They just see, okay, he's got 50 bucks, so they can spend up to 50. That's great. And then we just reimburse our merchants every month with real money. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Send them a check. Okay. Uh, uh, one quick question. Yeah. The, um, Tyler and I are learning about the homelessness issue in Seattle and homelessness in general. Um, but it sounds like, so pardon me if this is sort of an uninformed question, but kind of what we've been learning is that there's, I don't know if you can even say two camps, but there's, there's kind of people on the streets that have mm. mental he health or drug addiction issues. And then there are others that are either recovering or mm. just down on their luck and they've ended up out there for some reason um, and are in some form of a service, um, in a service provider's net, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of your customers or clients are in that spectrum of where they're with a service provider of some sort, like a union gospel mm. mission or a... Or do you have some that are just literally, like, kind of the yeah. the most downtrodden out there as well? Yeah. I mean, in terms of mental health, like, we're all on a spectrum. Right. We all experience different mental problems or mental, like, illnesses over our lives. So there's definitely a segment, a, a, a part of the spectrum that they may not have the capacity to use a beacon. Right. Mm. Um, the cool thing is even we go, we do outreach with the the mental health counselor at UGM, this guy Ryan likes. And so when we're handing out beacons, we also get into conversations with people that are not necessarily good fits for a beacon. But in the process of doing that outreach, Ryan has sort of built a relationship with that person. And that's been a kind of a cool outcome just on its own. Like yeah. beacon is probably not a good idea, but just the fact that they're having this conversation is good. Um, we 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 actually are targeting the the individuals who have the capacity for beacon for for using a beacon that are not currently plugged in our our end outcome isn't necessarily to provide just spending money it's mm -hmm. really to channel people into services and so we look for the people who are living independently who are mm -hmm. who are living apart from people who want to help we offer them a beacon, and if they take it, uh, it's a great way for them to have their story be heard and for them to be known, for them to receive the support of others, and maybe maybe see that it's it's it is good to trust others, or it is good to to um, to allow people to help. Right. Yeah. Each month, uh, the thing that I'm really excited about is that each month the beacon turns off, and if that person sees enough value from the beacon and that's that's a big assumption but if they do or if they are getting enough positive benefit from the beacon the way that they reactivate it is that is that they have the opportunity and responsibility to have a conversation with a counselor at a mary's place at a new horizons at a ugm at a uh, dsa office so um it's just a, there's no agenda that that person has. It's just a conversation about how that person's doing and what they want to do with the month ahead, and the beacon gets reactivated and you know they're on their way. Yeah. Um, but we hope that over time, those conversations can can lead to greater resources, mm. like getting into shelter or rehab or a job training. Whatever. Right. Right. So uh, you mentioned Union Gospel Mission, your relationship there. Uh, we recently interviewed. Uh, Jeff Lilly, CEO, Union Gospel Mission. 
Um, and he spoke very highly of you. And I think is he he's on your board or an advisor to you guys, or yeah. what, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, we don't have a board yet. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, he's kind of like in this group of advisors. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get his time, but yeah. Yeah, we noticed that. But yeah, <laughs> we, we were very grateful for, for the time. He's an entrepreneur too. So um, for, you know, you have like kind of a startup mentality at the head of a, you know, $30 million organization, that, that's really good yeah. for the mission. Yeah, that's great. Well, so he, he spoke specifically uh, about Seattle's homeless crisis, right, as the mayor's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, considered this a crisis uh, that we're facing. But can you maybe qualify the scope of the problem as well from your perspective as someone who's trying to deal with it from a little bit more creative mm. um perspective and technological perspective? Yeah, I, get the, I guess it's interesting in that technology has led to a lot of displacement. So mm -hmm. the reason that, um, well, not the reason that, but, you know, uh, you have these huge technology companies buying up real estate, uh, raising the prices of real estate, and that can create uh, cracks that people fall through, right? Mm -hmm. And then now you have technology that's trying to address those displays it's i don't know an interesting time to be in the world right, i guess <laughs> but um in terms of the scope of seattle's homeless problem i think from my from what i've researched from what i know about other cities um seattle is unique in that homelessness is pervasive you can be in any neighborhood you can be in north seattle you can be in south seattle you can be um you know, you can be in Bellevue, you can mm. be downtown, you can be in Belltown, U District, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's spread out. Um, whereas, you know, you go to San Francisco, it's more like there's Market Ave and the Tenderloin that, mm -hmm. that have it sort of clustered and Skid Row in LA, like it seems to be more concentrated. Um, I think Chicago and New York have more similarities to Seattle, but I think that's, that's a unique thing about our community is that the neighbors and need that we have are really everywhere. Mm, yeah. It's, I guess one thing that I've noticed. Yeah. Back to GiveSafe specifics, are, do you, I guess, first part of the question, do you have contact with um, the beacon holders once they have it? And then leading, the reason I asked that, I guess, is if you had a success story maybe that you mm, could share. Sure, um, sure. Don't have to name names and people might not even know them, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, the first question about kind of maintaining that contact. So the whole point of the project is really to to connect them with city goers, to to counselors at nonprofits. So we try and play as much of a back background role as we can. But now that we've got the project launched and we're sort of seeing data come in, like you know this percentage of beacon holders are completely dropping off the map. This percentage, they're they're getting connected. Like we do. Uh, now that we can see that breakdown, we can reach out and say, hey, did you know your beacon isn't active and you actually have $50 on it to spend? Um, have you been able to go down to U Union Gospel? No. Oh, why not? Oh, you don't you don't want to go down to UGM. Mm. Well, did you know we had another office, MID or uh, New Horizons or Mary's Place that you could also get your beacon reactivated? So we can have those sort of support conversations Though, you know, we want the relationship to, like, we're, we're, we're software developers and designers and marketers and stuff. So, like, we're not social workers. And we have built some great friendships uh, with, with our beacon holders. And, and I'm proud to, to involve them in, in some of our decision making and some of our events. 
Um, but, you know, we, we know where our expertise ends and where, you know, other people can, who have invested in this community longer than we have should to take precedent. Yeah. So, you know, our goal is to, is to really, you know, um, facilitate the relationships. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, success stories, we had, I think, one really positive experiment where this was before the beacons, this was before the app. We just had a couple, we had some early, um, I guess, we just had like an early, early email list. And I asked this email list, hey, can you give us some funds to do some experiments? And they did. So we took $40 from two people and offered this this guy, this guy in his 20s who was on the street, $40. And I said, you've got three choices. You can use it for, oh, I actually asked him his greatest needs. And he told me, I need, I need a job. I need stuff. Uh, I need gear to stay dry and warm, mm. and I need I need money to refill my phone. And I said I will give you forty dollars to any of those three things. And I happen to have a relationship with an outdoor store, um, with a job counselor that charges two hundred dollars an hour. But for you, it'll be twenty dollars an hour. So you can you can get two hours with her. You can go use this for rain gear, or we can refill your your phone. What do you want to do? So he picks he picks the job counselor. He sits down the next day with her, and then I think that afternoon, that very afternoon, he he had a job at Safeco Field as wow. in concessions. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's I think that's that's an outlier to be honest, um, but it's a it's it's it it happened. You know, it demonstrates the potential of what yeah. just yeah. a little little money used strategically can lead to some crazy outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. Um, and I think you have other people. So, like I said, I think that's an outlier. What we're seeing today in terms of success stories is is more than now this person has their own apartment and they're paying for it and stuff. I think what you're seeing is hope, a lot of hope mm-hmm. and and pride and, and dignity brought to individuals who may have not had that much before. Because you have this beacon and it acts as 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 a connection point and and people with our app. Um, they're they're taking these individuals out to lunch once they learn about them they're they're offering them opportunities they're obviously giving financially and each time a person gets a contribution from from a donor and and spends it on you know what they feel they think they need whether it be a haircut or just simple something as simple as like a like a mocha at at one of our coffee shops like that can that can really make someone's day mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that sort of the small reminders that that these individuals are getting that they exist and are, are cared for, and that's not something we're doing. That's something that our, our our people with the app are doing. So I can't take credit for that, but I think that's one of the cool cool outcomes right now. Totally that's awesome. With yeah. the goal, obviously, you know, we want to see a certain percentage off the street and all that, but you know, this is happening right now. You're facilitating relationship, which is what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Love that story. What What are some of the hurdles that you guys face? Um, is it Is it user downloads? Is it people, you know, accepting beacons? What mm. are kind of the the hurdles that you guys have been yeah. facing? So one of the ones that we've recently started to to get some traction and overcome was beacon distribution. We we had, you know, over a thousand people download the app in the first few months. And, and then the biggest complaint we would get is like, I've got the app, but I haven't gotten any notifications mm-hmm. yet. So we, we really took it upon ourselves. Like we've got to ramp up our distribution in terms of beacons. So 
we were doing a lot of it on our own, which, you know, we were our own bottleneck, essentially. Um, and so I'm really excited to share that we're, we're having nonprofits um, request beacons now, and they want to wow. do the distribution on their own. And, you know, volunteers have asked to, like, buy beacons and give them out on their own. And so, so like, we're kind of, we're working through that where we can, we can share the, share that sort of that interview process with mm. volunteers and staff at nonprofits. And, um, you know, there, there are little things that we still have to resolve there, but I think that's, that's a big challenge that we're overcoming right now. Yeah. I think the next challenge for us is, um, really taking the next step in terms of product. I think we have like a minimally viable thing that technically works, but there are, are several things that we're, we're under delivering on. And, and so in terms of that being a challenge, that's, that's a result of, you know, a very young, um, young team and uh, not everyone's full time. And some of us are students and, yeah, so a lot of us, you know, I mean, we're all motivated, but I think, you know, compensation comes into play and stuff like that. So, so, um, so I think for uh, the next challenge for us is really to, to kind of rise, uh, raise a level of expectations in terms of the product. Now that it's actually being used and it works, we, we need it. For example, like our, our, our mission, our, our promise is that, um, that you, we want to make it convenient to give, but we also want to offer clarity as to how your donation will help. Mm. So the first thing, you know, we've done on like a technical level, we've made it super, super simple to invest in someone. And then, but that, that second part, the clarity that your donation is going to help. So we've, we've under delivered on that in that we basically have this promise and say, we say right now, like, okay, there's like these 15 merchants that the person you give to is going to spend the money at. But that's that's just text. That's just that's just us saying something, right? And you, and, the, and our users obviously believe that. But I think there's so much opportunity for us that once that redemption happens for a haircut or for a clothing purchase or take food, a photo of the haircut. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and then course. report that back to the to the to the city or so we don't have any sort of tracking right now present on to like how your your investment is being used mm. where that's a pretty simple thing to do from like a data standpoint we're just not we're, we haven't released that yet cool so um and i think that's that's what we're you doing. said distribution uh how many beacons do you actually have out there now i think we just hit 70 um which was like a 30 percent increase from the previous month okay. so do you have an idea are most of them in soto or downtown somewhere or where are they? Yeah, you know, Belltown. I guess you don't know downtown. necessarily because you don't track them, right? Right. Well, we can't track them, I should say. Like, yeah. Um, you know, the, the Bluetooth devices can only be spotted within 20 yards. So unless you're within that range, you wouldn't know that they were there. I see. Which I think works well for our beacon holders. Sure. Um, the, yeah. So, so, yeah, mostly Soto, Downtown, Belltown, um, maybe a few in the U District or Capitol Hill. Um you know, we'd like to expand that. And, you know, I'd, I'd really like to open, we hope that in the next three months we can open the doors for, for anyone to buy a beacon. They're just $5 and then, uh, go and give it out to, 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 you know, whoever that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, cause again, you know, in terms of what have we promised, we've promised that the next time you see someone in need down the street, that this will be the way that you respond. Hmm. But right, the, what we've delivered is the next time you see a beacon holder on the street, 
mm-hmm. you'll know how to respond. Interesting. So we only have 70 beacon holders. There are, you know, a thousand homeless individuals out there. So, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get, we're going to get the shot to do it, but, you know, for us to deliver on our promise, we, we need to probably, uh, enable, um, volunteers, city goers to, to buy our beacons at cost, just five bucks. And then, um, be involved in giving it to the person that they see constantly. Would they also help write the story for that person? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's just great. a mobile web form, five questions. It could hopefully be like a like a good excuse to have a conversation with that person yeah. that you see consistently. Yeah. Maybe. So until that point, what for the our listeners out there that want to be involved, want to help, want to give, what are maybe two or three easy steps that they could take to be involved with GiveSafe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... The, the first step is just to kind of be a, a, a minute man, a, a someone who's ready to help when they get the opportunity. Download the app, equip it to your phone, set it up. There's not a lot in the app, but once you set it up, you can kind of just forget about it. It'll be there when you need it, when you pass by someone. And we, we ask that, you know, if you get the notification um, to, to, to say hi, to, 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 to give, to think of opportunities where you can help that person to, to approach that person in relationship. Um, so that's obviously the first. And then the second, um, you know, we, we, send out, we send out critical project updates through, um, through just an update that I send out every once in a while over email. So for people that want to help in terms of getting a beacon, giving it to someone that they know, or want to know um, if they if they just sign up on our website or you know probably like our Facebook page or whatever when we're ready to, to roll that program out um, you know if if they are subscribed then they'll know about it be notified it's great cool real quick we'll we'll have your Facebook page and your website in our show notes but is it uh, is your username give safe on Facebook or yeah at give safe and the website is uh, with givesafe.org with givesafe.org okay good to know um so talk to me about what's at stake uh if our listeners don't download the app what what's at stake mm. if they if they don't respond to these people and they just kind of go on yeah. about their life that's a great question yeah. that's a really good question yeah i think i think one thing we've realized i mentioned that assumption earlier um, about beacon holders having those touch points with counselors is that that only happens if they're getting um, significant use out of the beacon. And so we, can, we, like we as a community are responsible, I think, for encouraging these individuals uh, th- uh, to, to, to access those relationships with counselors. Um, and so if people... If we can't equip a, a critical mass of Seattle city goers with the app, then the beacon is not going to be of that much use to an individual who's on the street. And thus, it's less likely that they will go in to have that conversation on a monthly basis. And, you know, we, we, our theory of change is that those conversations is what's going to change lives. So... I think that if if this is not truly embraced, and there's there's a chance that it's not by this the city goers, by the givers in, in this community, then um, our hope to channel these individuals into relationships may fail. Yeah. 
Seems like this would be teed up perfectly for the city to be involved and support yeah. on some level too. Um, yeah. Mayor Murray, <clears throat> if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he is. Um, I. Yeah. I think I think so too. I think one of our our initial marketing channels in, in terms of awareness building was that the city invests a lot of cash into solutions for the homeless and 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 I they also I think are interested in how their citizens are responding to homelessness. Mm-hmm. And you know, what we hope to have created is a tool for citizens to effectively respond right when they see someone in need so i think on paper uh the the city is certainly incentivized to to issue a psa to its you know commuters saying this is this is a good response versus giving cash or versus ignoring the person this is this is a way that you can really make a difference Mm. um and 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 I think Jeff Jeff mentions that you know currently we're funding a drug industry mm-hmm. by by contributing in the only way we know how right now of giving cash, and it's it's kind of a a, a dour outlook. But you know I kind of trust his judgment because he's been in that space for longer than I have. Um, so so I think it is of the city's interest. Now it is also a little murky because I guess a lot of people don't trust the city. So for us to have an official partnership with them, you know, which I've talked about with cer- certain certain individuals in C- in the city of Seattle, um, we may not necessarily want to align with them um, for that reason um, for 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 our beacon holders. Um, so I think that's something that still needs to be worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. Every episode, we give our guests an opportunity to actually talk specifically about the city. Um, you being a transplant, uh, you've been here for several years now. Uh, Year but, and a half. Yeah, but, <laughs> you've, but you've made it your home. Uh, you have a large, you've built a large network of, of friends, me being one of them, uh, <laughs> and I'm appreciative of that. But what, what are some of your, your biggest hopes for the city, mm. um, and what are some of your biggest concerns? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I lived in Capitol Hill for about a year. Then moved up to the U District. Um, I spent a couple months in the basement of a startup church. You know, Jason, and yeah, Caleb. Yeah. So, so it's been it's been cool getting to be a part of of a couple different neighborhoods. Um, hopes for the city, and I th- I think we have a shot to 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 do something that no city's ever done before in terms of uh, how we we treat our homeless. Mm. Uh, I think there have been some, if you look at the nation, there have been some really successful initiatives, some really, really unsuccessful initiatives. Um, but I don't think any, any initiative has quite democratized the, the solution. Um, I, you know, solution in quotes, but the, a response, I should say, to homelessness as, as what we're doing with GiveSafe. Um, so my hope for the city would be that its, it's, it's, it's citygoers would adopt and cherish and learn from uh, the homeless community in a way that has never been done in other U.S. cities. Um, and 
I I think that we can see. Uh, yeah, I I I believe we'll see. We can see a lot of changed lives, and not just on the beacon holder side, but on the city goer side. You know, if 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 just basic equation, like if you if you look at what's happening today, let's say, let's optimistically say that out of a hundred people, ten of them will respond in some sort of compassion when they see someone in need on the street, and eighty of them, while they may eighty eighty of them, while they may want to help. The barriers prevent them from really doing anything but ignoring the individual, or, or 90 of them, I should say. Um, so if what we're doing can unlock, let's say, 10 more people or 20 more people to tw- 10, 20 more percent of the, the non-responses to learning from and that two-way street of, 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 of talking or investing in um, into an individual uh, I think that our our city goers' lives are going to be better off. I think our our beacon holders' lives are going to be better off. I think the local businesses that we're partnering with they're going to be better off, just in terms of ref- new revenue, as well as you know the the statements that they're making to the community. Hey, we're a business that is taking part in the solution. Um, I think that uh, the city itself will will save money. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving people off the street is it's. I think it costs like between twenty to forty thousand dollars per year per person just to leave them on the streets. I don't know if Jeff spoke to that at all, but uh, yeah. like shelter use, emergency, uh, emergency rooms, ambulances, jail time, police officers, all that. Yeah, social services. Yeah. So that costs us money, right? Yeah. So when we when we're able to 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 see people choose to leave the streets and and access some of the programs that are available, um, that saves tax dollars. Uh, so there's a lot of, I think, wins. I, I hate to keep plugging GiveSafe, but I think that it does, um, if, if it's embraced by the community, I think it could really help in economic ways and uh, lives changed. Uh, concerns. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to buy property here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that or where it would be. Affordability. Yeah, yeah, to raise a family, I guess, if I was to stick around. Um, I think, yeah, I think there are relational barriers too that, that extend beyond give safe, just in terms of what I've experienced, I guess. The Seattle freeze or the, I don't know if it's a freeze. I don't know what it is. I think, I think it seems that we, we, we seem to maybe this is just my experience, but we seem to let little things get in the way of relationship, maybe Mm. easier than than other cities I've been in. So, you know, if you're, if you live in Ballard and I live in Capitol Hill, that could be like... Parking means I'll never visit you, right? Yeah, Yeah. you never see me again. Um, That could be as far as like living in Idaho for, for, as far as we're concerned. It's, it's like those little, those little things that, that make getting together or, or I think maybe from what I've observed, we let the little things get in the way more than, you know, maybe my, my maybe some friends in the Midwest, or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. So I guess that would be a concern. That's a good observation. Yeah, I mean, is. I feel like I've experienced that personally. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have a friend move to West Seattle. See you in a year. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, We're just more prone to let things get in the way. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Let that stop. Okay. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. For our listeners out there, if um, you're looking for a way to get involved or contribute towards someone that you see on the streets, give safe, download the app, 
Um, yeah, just iOS and Android. Android. Uh, okay. Free, called GiveSafe. I have it on my smartphone. Uh, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised when I receive any of the beacon. Have you gotten yeah. a notification? Yeah, it's been cool. That's It's been really neat. So I'm glad definitely, re- definitely recommend it for sure. How, how did so. that go? Uh, it was good, man. It was, uh, I was like, what is this notification? And then I realized it was GiveSafe, which is <laughs> exciting. So yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely download the app. Um, thank you for joining us. Thanks for Facebook living with us. Uh, yeah. If you want to go to our <laughs> Facebook page and watch this interview before uh, it airs on before iTunes, it airs, uh, please go check that out real quick. Summarize again, where people can uh, follow you online, uh, whatever your favorite social channels are. Sure. Yeah. Just at with give say for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. And I, we haven't, talked about this and announced it yet but we will be changing our name soon oh breaking um, news here on the podcast yeah yeah I, okay yeah um i think we're 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 le- we're i guess i i can say it i think we're no i don't think we are we're moving towards uh changing our name to samaritan actually mm. so the the f- people may have to adjust in terms of what they're following but yeah with giftsafe.org right now okay. on our facebook okay. page and all Got that it. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much, man. Sure. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, best of luck on the upcoming year. Yeah. Thank you. You guys as well. Thanks, man. Rise Seattle was produced and recorded by the very talented Brett Baird. A special thanks to Bravery Music for our intro and outro music. You can contact us and find all of the show notes and episodes on our website, Rise Seattle Podcast. You can also connect with us on social. Instagram and Twitter at the Rise Seattle and use hashtag Rise Seattle to be a part of the conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast and write us a very nice five-star review on iTunes. We would be grateful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode.